Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is Leprechaun Lunch with Sean Styers and Jim Irizarry on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Well, how are we doing today? Hope you're having a good Black Friday, Thanksgiving weekend, whatever you want to call it. Along with Jimmy Irizarry, I'm Sean Styers. It is the Leprechaun Lunch presented by First State Bank, the only community bank headquartered in Elkhart County. First State Bank offers the highest quality products and services. Well, how was your turkey yesterday, Jim? came out awesome <laughs> awesome uh, nice yeah uh, the skin was I'll, I'll admit this the uh, the skin wound up getting a touch on the salty side <laughs> a touch on the salty side because uh, okay. in, in addition to butter you know I also put you know salt pepper uh, garlic in there you know into the right. into the butter stirred that around and also put a uh, like a, uh, a a barbecue seasoning in there as well, like a little bit of that. Wow! Just like a little Got bit. fancy, huh? Yeah, little. <laughs> now, yeah, real fancy. A couple of containers of, from Costco. Uh, but, now, if uh, <laughs> I remember right, you smoked your turkey. Is yes. that right? You smoked yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did... See, mine when when I've tried to smoke turkey or any birds, really the uh, the. Our skin always comes out really leathery. It's so it's like you can't even eat the skin on ones that I've tried to smoke. So it uh, it, it sounds like yours came out a little bit different. It came, yeah, it like it's really really salty, like kind of overpoweringly salty on the skin. Okay. Uh, okay. But the meat was fantastic. So who gives a damn about the skin at that point? That's what matters. That's right. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. You know, you can do it without the skin, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's it, the it, bird. It, it came that out matters. really good. Uh, it took about how long did it take? It took about six hours. Okay. So, so not, not necessarily really slow and low, but you know, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, 40, 40 minutes a pound at two twenty five is okay. what I is what I cooked it at, and uh, two twenty five right in that ballpark my smoker stayed right there at, at 225 too sometimes it you know just likes to fluctuate a whole lot uh mm-hmm. as far as temperature goes you know especially towards uh towards the hotter side of things but uh yeah came out great so i was really happy sounds like a plan to me <laughs> yeah right well i'm in daytona as you know i'm in daytona beach florida with yeah how's that go basketball <laughs> and well from what i understand it's uh it's looking a lot nicer here, as you can imagine, than it is in South Bend right now. <laughs> Shocker. With yeah. snow on the ground. Yeah, yeah. that's not very shocking. Yeah. But, uh, Just a little dusting. Sunny in 70s and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. And and uh, so I've been here for a few days, mm-hmm. and they finally play tonight. Or this afternoon, I guess, technically. Right. Um, Georgia today and Oregon State tomorrow. A couple of ranked teams. Georgia is number 21 in the coaches poll not ranked in the AP Oregon 16th in the AP or Oregon State rather excuse me 16th in the AP uh, 19th in the coaches poll Hmm. Um, there won't be any television for this game they are doing you know some kind of subscription streaming service so uh, it's not going to be a TV accessible game so if you're in the South Bend market, 99.9 FM is the way to go today. And tomorrow we'll have the game um, against Georgia today. And there are like there are eight different teams here. Michigan's down here. Marquette is down here. Illinois is down here. Middle Tennessee State, Mississippi State. 
and it's not a tournament. It's just like a, everybody gets two games kind of thing, you know, predetermined. Okay. Two games. It's not but, like the uh, Maui Invitational where it's being played a, you know. No. <laughs> no. It's not being played at midnight. <laughs> ah. Well, speaking of which, hopefully the schedule runs on time tomorrow because Notre Dame does have the late game at 7 o'clock tomorrow. And that's, you know, that's the one thing. It's like they give you all the times and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. do the games actually run on time? And nah. and so that could be tricky tomorrow with the Irish playing the last game. But we'll, we'll see. But a uh, couple of really good, Matt, you know, this is, um, I think, for both Notre Dame and their opponents, these are gonna. this is going to be the first real test. They're all unbeaten Georgia hasn't lost yet Notre Dame hasn't lost yet Oregon State hasn't lost yet Oregon State really has not played anybody at all they've even played a division two school as is part of their schedule so um, awesome yeah so but, but they're the ranked the highest you know of everybody so you know it but again it should be a couple of really good tests Notre Dame sitting at five and0 heading into tonight's game against Georgia so looking forward to that and again I'll have the call over on 99.9 fm did you uh did you get your fill of bad football yesterday oh man overdosed <laughs> holy cow whoa <laughs> like, i mean i i guess okay you're the cowboys fan obviously you're thinking yeah. you know you're saying you know the loss was bad game was pretty good though you know from well you know, overall anyway what As, was at least what it was, was close. bad about it yeah and i'm not i i really I'm not just complaining because so many flags were thrown on Dallas, especially in crucial situations on yeah. third down. And, yeah. You know, the, the last one is the most obvious in in overtime. But thirty total flags were thrown in that game. <sighs> thirty, twenty-eight were accepted. You know, two two were declined, so twenty-eight yeah. penalties were accepted. That's between the two teams. Yeah. So. The first quarter took almost an hour to play because <laughs> there were so many penalties. It was just like is if if you're the NFL and you're an, an officiating crew, is this you know really what you think the biggest audience of the year so far has tuned in to see? Like Jerry Jones was talking about it afterwards after the Super Bowl, that game between Dallas and the Raiders yesterday is probably going to be the second most viewed game of the season because probably, it's Thanksgiving yeah. Day. <laughs> you know because again, like I was looking at at some numbers even the lions as much as we complain about how bad the lions are in their 0 10 and 1 now <laughs> yeah and the you know that game is still going to get around 24 25 million people watching that is a huge number mm-hmm. you know by today's tv metrics that, like, that's bigger than like any of the playoff games too which are also yeah. you know like in these exclusive windows so so i guess i guess if you're going to you know, if you're a casual fan and you tune in and, and you watch that game, you're go- it's like, well, at least it was a close game. It ends up going overtime, yada, 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 yeah. all that stuff. So maybe you don't care about 30 flags on the field. But it, it's as someone who's, in, you know, and, and, I, and I said this, remember in my My Five, I had some thoughts, you know, going into the Thanksgiving weekend. I'm tired of both the Cowboys and the Lions on <laughs> Thanksgiving Day. As a Cowboys fan, it's like, wh- why do I need to sit here and have my Thanksgiving ruined, you know, watching <laughs> something like that? But I just, I don't know. You know, it's, you know, so they've lost three of four now, and they've lost them to AFC West teams, the Broncos, the Chiefs, and now the Raiders. You know, so they've lost a basically they, – they did beat the Chargers somehow, the team that hmm. over the course of this season has been probably the best team in the AFC West. Most consistent one that, anyway, yeah. Yeah, most consistent anyway, yeah, but that's who they beat. But that, to, to me it's it's like that's how – that that's what the NFL is this year because, like, even, yeah. you know, Buffalo loses that game getting throttled by the Colts last week and then they turn around – not, and beat up on the Saints. And throttle yeah. the Saints. Now, you know, again, like I don't know, especially without Jameis Winston, how good the Saints are, and they don't have, you know, any of their running backs. Tony Jones Jr. was actually playing last night and didn't do much. But mm-hmm. it was not a great day of, of NFL <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had seen better. Um, the, uh, the, the trip to Than on the turkey started working for me during the, uh, during the late game. So uh, I, You're lucky. Yeah, I I, I kind of got an early bedtime because of it, so I'm, I'm I feeling okay. Over. I actually I watched more uh, Ole Miss Mississippi State Egg Bowl than oh, I did. Oh, I forgot that was yesterday. 
Yeah. I thought that was going to be today. Saints and uh, yeah, Bills and Saints, however you want to look at it. But yeah, so so the yeah, so that was last night. Ole Miss wins. I did not even realize Mississippi by by beating their arch rival Mississippi State last night. They're ten and two. That's the first ten win season in Ole Miss history. That is amazing. Wow. That's the old, that's the old first brother one. Lane. Wow. Yeah, first one ever. First ten win season in Man. Ole Miss history. That is just nuts. Man. So, of course we've got. Notre Dame at Stanford tomorrow night, 8 o'clock kickoff as the Irish look to close out the regular season and uh, make their final case for the college football playoff. A lot of other games going on tomorrow as well. Of course, Ohio State and Michigan kickoff at noon. Are you going to watch that tomorrow? Ohio State and Michigan? Yeah. Or uh, or Stanford, Notre Dame. Yeah, probably both. Well, Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to make I mean, a... I assume you're going to watch Notre Dame and Stanford <laughs> at some point. Somehow, yeah. Yeah. I will, I will watch that game, but... Uh, uh, I guess I guess you've got to be locked in the old uh, bunker all day tomorrow, though, don't you? Uh, not really me all day. I, I got to show up at okay. like... I got to show up at like seven, so I can, okay. I can still get a pretty solid day. And then, even so, I've got, I've got YouTube TV, so I can just watch it on my laptop. Okay. But um uh yeah, I, I, I typically wake up for uh for Michigan and Ohio State and then uh <laughs> and then and then You and, wake up for it at noon. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's how my Saturdays are. Um Okay. But, uh, well I envy you that, because that's how, I can't that, even sleep in on the weekends. Right. That's so. that, that's how I like my Saturdays anyway, every so often. But you know, typically like this yeah. weekend, you know, this this is probably like the first Thanksgiving weekend where I've really worked in quite some time, actually. Uh, so, anyway, so you know, waking up for so you're really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, it was it's not terrible, uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wake up for Michigan Ohio State. Probably watch that, you know, and you know until Ohio State makes it like thirty five nothing in the second quarter, and uh, yeah. try and find something else. So. All right, so we've got a day of coverage tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame and Stanford leading up to that. And, um, of course, you know, Notre Dame, the Irish where they are right now, sitting at number six behind Michigan and uh, with Cincinnati at number four in the all-important college football playoff standing. Cincinnati and East Carolina play at 3.30 this afternoon. So you can pull for an East Carolina upset. I don't know if you're going to get it, but that's what you can pull for. Uh, this later on this afternoon um someone who's not too thrilled at all about Notre Dame in the college football playoff <laughs> is Keyshawn Johnson the former USC Trojan and he's one of these guys who's been sounding off for years about his distaste for Ohio State you want you want to go ahead and play the clip, the the Keyshawn Johnson clip, as he fires off about Notre Dame, and, and sure, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it here Absolutely. in a second. All right, go ahead. Here's right. Keyshawn. I've been watching college football my entire life, okay, but I go back to Oklahoma, Boise State, and the Fiesta Bowl. What Boise State was able to do to Oklahoma and Bob Stoops. I look at that. I look at what a a lightweight Oregon State team did to Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. I, I like teams like that that are major underdogs in these situations. I don't want to see no damn Notre Dame. I don't want to see that. I know what that's going to be. And, yes, I went to USC. And, yes, I don't like Notre Dame. But if I went to no college, I don't want to see the damn Irish, period. They do nothing for me, nothing at all. Got a national following, though, Key. They really they do. They do nothing. They're not a good football team. I don't want to see that. Again, another blowout. Uh, so, you know, he's talking about Oregon State. That was literally 21 years ago, the Fiesta Bowl. Right, Bob I was going to say, I was like, how, lo- <laughs> how many coaches ago was that? I was like, <laughs> yeah, like a handful of guys on, you know, on any roster right now around the country were even born. So, you know, exactly. so, so he's holding a grudge. He's holding a grudge for 21 plus years. And, and it's just, I just. But it's got nothing to do with him going to USC. Nothing, no, nothing, nothing to at do all. at all. Nothing no, at all. No, 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 no. No, there's no bias in there at all. National nah. talk show host, ESPN, 
Keyshawn Johnson. No bias in that in nah. those comments nah. at all. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's you know like it, it's one thing if that's how you feel. You know like Desmond Howard kind of let some of his old Notre Dame, Michigan stuff slip out every now and then. But I think like he at least attempts some professionalism. You know like yeah. when you hear yeah. him talk about Notre Dame, it's like come on, come on, Keyshawn, can you at least give that a shot? <laughs> yeah, right. ESPN has only backed up the dump truck full of money for you. You know, can you at least right. try on this? Well, and when he's talking about they're not any good, I mean, look at your alma mater. I mean, that is the definition right. of not any good right now. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just it's and it's and it's not even close. Yeah, so it's I like, just it's like if if Notre Dame's not any good, then what does Keyshawn think is good? You know, like right, exactly. Like, you know, like ha, you know, how many teams have been good in Keyshawn's? You know, it's like what? Ugh. Well, and all I know, all I know is that I'm glad we went local in the morning. <laughs> Way back yes. when, I'll say that Darren, Darren covering up that show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you very much. I'm glad we went local in that in that in that slot that's a good point because that's the show that we used to air you know so but uh, fortunately we do not anymore and uh, i think that we are all better off for it and um (laughs) you broke my train of thought i was about to say something there but i don't sorry i just no that's okay that's okay you know again I think the like when you go back and you look like Keyshawn is talking about Notre Dame losing all these bowl games and all that kind of stuff, and I guess that goes back to the conversation about would you rather, you know, go to a playoff game, yeah, and lose, or go to a New Year's Six bowl and win, you know, and and that kind of stuff. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I guess so. So like, do you, you know, could could the program use that kind of game, where at least you're in a Fiesta Bowl or a Peach Bowl, you know, a New Year's Six outside the college football playoff, where they at least win that game, so maybe that kind of conversation ends. So at least you can say you win one. I would still rather go to the playoff and mm-hmm. lose. Sure. And again, like when you look at the way recruiting is trending right now, being in those games matter, even if you don't win. I still think being in those important games, the college football playoff games, do matter. Yeah. And and Notre Dame is not the only one losing lopsided games in these playoff games. And, and I think that's kind of what gets covered up in all of this. Because uh, you know, someone tweeted out, you know, like, this is year number eight. This is going to be year number eight of the college football playoff. And if you go back historically – you know, these it's not just Notre Dame who is losing lopsided games, you know, whether yeah. it's Alabama or Clemson or whoever, when they're winning these national championships. You know, they have won some lopsided games against other teams as well, you know. So it's it's like those teams at the top just end up that much better than everybody else. Right. So, you know, it's, it's not just Notre Dame. It's just that Notre Dame in two of these last three years has, has unfortunately come up on the short end. And that's something Brad Kelly has pointed out as well you know when when uh and you, you as a head coach you under you expect him to you know to be upset when you lose a lopsided game like that but as he has pointed out it's not just them but for whatever reason because they're Notre Dame and and everything else they seem to take you know bear more of the brunt of all that animosity about losing those kind of games than some of these other teams you know whether it's right. Florida State or or you know even Clemson and you know they've they've all lost some lopsided games so I think it's it's a little bit slanted conversation but again when when you've got someone like Keyshawn Johnson who is not afraid to tell you that that he's got a a, a dog in the hunt he went to Notre Dame's biggest rival you know he played for USC mm-hmm. and he is not afraid to tell you that he hates Notre Dame and I I just I don't think that he would hate Notre Dame with as much venom as he hates Notre Dame had he not gone to USC. He can say that the fact that he went to USC doesn't matter, but I think it does. You know, yeah. his bias his bias obviously comes out pretty thick. Yeah, there. As and plus, as I'm sitting here, I'm trying to think, you know, I'm trying to think of one of the playoff games where it wasn't a total blowout, and I'm having some trouble, like, just off the top of my head. I know there have been some close ones, but... As far as, like, you know, how many of them have actually been close, you know, like within, you know, 
within 10 to 14 points. You know, like there have no, been, you're exactly. I'm like, what, what, have, what has he been watching? You know, if he doesn't want a blowout. So here, I'll, I'll read you some results from the last few years. Okay, Ohio State beat Clemson 49 to 28 last year. Okay, in one of the in in uh, in the other semifinal, Alabama beat Ohio State 52 to 24 in the national championship game. <laughs> this is just last year. Yeah, you know. So yeah, Notre Dame lost by 17 points to um, Alabama in one semifinal, but of the three playoff games last year, that was the closest of the three. Right. You know, Ohio State beats Clemson by three touchdowns, and then Alabama beats Ohio State by 28 points in the national championship game. Okay. In the uh, in, in the 2020 semifinal, LSU 63, Oklahoma 28. <laughs> Uh, the other semifinal be Clem- between Clemson and Ohio State was close, and then LSU beats Clemson by 17 points in the national championship game. Okay, so back in 2019, we know Notre Dame lost 30-3 to to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other semifinal between Alabama and Oklahoma, relatively close. But then Clemson in the national championship game beats Alabama 44-16. to Again, a 28-point, a four-touchdown loss. So Clemson didn't just beat Notre Dame right. by 27. They beat Alabama by 28. Yeah. Um, 2018 may be the best um, college football semifinal ever played, at least most entertaining anyway. Georgia beats Oklahoma 54-48. That was a double overtime game. Yeah, that was a good The one. other semifinal, Alabama beats Clemson 24-16. to and then uh, the championship game between Alabama and Georgia was actually close. It went to overtime. So that that was like right. 2018, probably one of the best ever, you know, across the board. Uh, semifinal in 2017, Alabama beat Washington by 17 points. Clemson blanked <laughs> Ohio State 31 to nothing in the other semifinal. I forgot that Washington was a playoff team. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> this is four years ago. I know. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Clemson beat Ohio State 31 to nothing, uh, and then in the national championship game, a close one um, in 2016, a 20-point win for Clemson over Oklahoma, a 38-point win for Alabama over Michigan State, a close national championship game, and then back in 2015, Oregon just lambastes Florida State 59 to 20, a close semifinal between Ohio State and Alabama. And then in the national championship game, Ohio State beats Oregon by 22 points. So I think the biggest difference, you know, one, you know, like nobody cares about Oregon, I guess, you know, yeah. and, and Washington and, and, and those kind of teams. Michigan State has only been there once. But, again, no one's talking about them getting blown out. It's only Notre Dame right. and their lopsided losses, you know, that become part of this conversation. Now, part of that also is like – when you're talking about Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State, because each of those teams, even though they've lost some of these lopsided games, they've also won national championships. So it goes right. away, yeah. you know, when you win, you know, some of those championships, or at least win a semifinal and get to the national championship game. A lot of that stuff goes away, but it lingers for Notre Dame. One, because Notre Dame is polarizing, and two, because they haven't won one of those games yet. You know, so right. that's that's part of why it's there. All right, real quick, speaking of Nick Saban, we've got another soundbite from him. This is Nick Saban on his coach's show the other day. Um, he he just went off on a tangent. I don't know exactly how it came up, but, you know, the clip has been uh, making the, the Twitter round. So this is Nick Saban from his coach's show the other day. Have a listen to this. Played LSU. Everybody says, oh, they lost two games in a row. They're not any good anymore. All right, we're just going to blow them out. It's just the opposite. It's just the opposite of that. All right. They're competitors. They have moms and dads. They have pride in performance. They have things that they want to accomplish and they want to do, and they want to be good. All right. They don't just throw in the towel. All right. They work harder to try to get better, and everybody wants to beat us. All right. So we're going to get everybody's best game, and I don't know why people can't understand that. And but and you know we 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 just you know and and you know it's. You could say it's not fair to our players that they get everybody's best game. 
right? But they do, right? And they have to be able to compete through that and play over that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't know. I mean, when I came here, everybody was happy to win a game. All right, now we're not happy to win a game anymore. We're not happy to win a game at all. All right, we think we should win games by whatever. And I don't think that's fair to the players either. Because right, our players work our, their butt off right, to be the best that they can be. Right, and to get criticized for what they work hard for to do so that you can be entertained. Right, so that you can enjoy and have pride and passion for what they accomplish and what they do. And they're not perfect. Right, they're just college students. They're going to co- they go to school every day. They got to study. Right, they have to run extra after practice when they miss study hall. I mean, come on, give me a break. This is not professional football. These guys aren't getting paid to play here. They're representing you all. You should be proud and happy to support them and appreciate what they do and have some gratitude. And you know what else? Nobody wants to win worse than they do. Not me, not you. I don't care what kind of fan you are. Nobody wants to win more than the players that play. Nobody. That was magnificently said. And, and nobody of- feels worse than they do when they lose. Yep. Nobody. Man. So for all you self-absorbed folks out there that can't look <laughs> past your own self right, to appreciate what other people are doing, I mean, and happy Thanksgiving, you right. self-absorbed Alabama fans. He's not Nick wrong. Saban. I just like the way he says "I." I. He doesn't say "all right." I. <laughs> no, I mean he is not wrong yeah. at all. I'm just. I wish I knew what spurred all this. I mean, yeah, I wish this I would have heard the question. Yeah. Yeah. This is on Nick Saban's coach's show, which you know, like if you see the video for it, there. And, like, you hear all the clapping and cheering and stuff. You know, there's different levels of it. Yeah, Yeah, they're in some kind of restaurant or bar, you know, which it's – it's. I mean, and there's there's some levels of that, uh, you know, that pretty much go back to what we were just talking about. Just just for, like, Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson, any of those schools, you know, at at some point it all gets taken for granted. Just, you know, like, just look at, at Notre Dame and the fact that, that they've got five straight double-digit winning seasons now, but it's okay. Well, what have you done for me lately? You still haven't won a playoff game. You're, you know, you're still not mm-hmm. going to the championship, winning a championship. Because right. you know, like a couple months back, a friend of mine came into town. You know, he's a Notre Dame grad and all this stuff, and it's just like you know, it sat down and watched the game, and all he did was was complain about Brian Kelly from start to finish. It's like, what? It's like what they're you, winning the game. What do they're you want? They're winning the game we're watching, and you're complaining about Brian Kelly. Okay. What do, What All more right. do you want here? <laughs> That's right. I want if, – if it was – if it was – if it was Brian Kelly saying that, I wonder how people would be taking it. Oh, man. They, they a would, lot differently, yeah. Because you know, Nick Saban's got you know his eight million national championships he can fall back on, you exactly. know, because he's brought them national championships, and you know, so he's he's got all that equity earned up there. But you're absolutely right, you know, and and Dabo Swinney can probably say a lot of the same kind of thing, and and but it, but if you're Brian Kelly, oh my God, I can't even imagine if yeah. he went off on that kind of tirade. Ugh. It just completely different. So. Yeah, I, I'm just. Ugh. What more do you want? Yes, I've gone off on tangents like that, and you know, it just kind of <laughs> rolls off people's backs. But that's right. You know. Well, that's what you know. Like, <laughs> I remember Roy Williams when he was still at Kansas before he went to North Carolina, mm-hmm. where there was there was a a story about how he's walking through the airport. You know, after they had just, I think it was maybe after they had lost to Syracuse in the national championship game, okay. like back in 2003 or something like that, and. You know, some fan comes up to him. He's like, oh, you let us down, Roy. And, you know, the, the comment oh, Roy had was, what do you have invested in it? You know, it's like the same <laughs> right. kind of thing. It's like right. as as coaches and players, they go through the daily grind, the practice, the work, the film, all, you know, the off-season conditioning and everything else. And, you know, as a fan, it's just your, your emotion. You know, maybe you buy some tickets or you watch the games or whatever else. I mean, the right. players and the coaches, I mean, literally, the, you know, the sweat and the prep and everything else, you know, it's just 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, but like if you apply that to to Brian Kelly, you know, just add that to the list of of things that <laughs> that right. he could never say. Just just because you own, you know, you may pay for you know every year for that little spot on the bench, you know, on right. on on the uh, on the metal bench in the stadium. It doesn't mean that you that you're out there, you know, with these guys training, you know, for for a national championship or tra- you know or like. You know, like you're getting a ring or anything, or you're even getting a piece of that. You're not. Right. No, exactly. He's Jim Irizarry. I'm Sean Styers. It's the Leprechaun Lunch. We are presented by First State Bank in Elkhart, committed to being a premier financial partner. First State Bank demonstrates and delivers hometown values. We've got Notre Dame and Stanford coming up tomorrow night. In just a minute, we're going to uh, let you hear the uh, opposing press box interview with Troy Clarity. We will do that coming up in just a second. I'll remind you, though, that we're also brought to you in part by Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing. Contact Eric Yetterberg in South Bend or Matt Stem in Osceola by Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape. Ready for your next escape? Experience the excitement at Four Winds Casinos with award-winning cuisine, the latest slots, a variety of game tables, or table games, including live poker, Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape, Legacy Heating and Air, visit LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com, South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949, Wings Etc. Grill and Pub, 14 Michiana area locations, stop in today, order online at togo.wingsetc.com. We've got, again, Notre Dame and Stanford coming up tomorrow, and we'll let you hear from Troy Clarity coming up next. This is the Leprechaun Lunch presented by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch presented by First State Bank continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT in Stanford tomorrow night, 8 o'clock right here on Sports Radio 960 AM. And let's talk right now with Troy Clarity, who uh, hosts the TreeCast podcast. Sean, it's great to be with you. And as soon as I hang up the phone with you, I got a bird to put in the smoker. So my day is uh, getting better and better as the minutes go along. Nice. Smoked turkey. That's the way to go. I I love the smoked turkey. (laughs) Hard to beat, Sounds good. Hard to beat. It is. Notre Dame's hard to beat, too, this year, it seems. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Troy. When I was uh, looking up a little information this afternoon on Stanford, I read something interesting. That 2018 game back at Notre Dame Stadium, both teams Mm -hmm. came into the game unbeaten. They were both top Mm ten teams. The Cardinal at that point had won at least eight games for nine straight years. Of course, Notre Dame ended up winning that night. It was Ian Book's first start. Since then, though, Stanford, again, they were 4-0 going into that game. They are just 16-22 and since then, and, and we know that they're 3-8 and right now. What has happened over these last three years that has led them to this point where they are right now? Well, it's a funky confluence of things right and and i think i i think what, what, what stanford fans are unfortunately realizing again is is that there are so many things that have to fall just so in order for your favorite team to win one game much less win 10 during the course of the season and be in chance yeah. uh, and be having a chance for, for for big things and a lot of those things that went right for stanford uh, during very much of the first half of the decade, even going in and stretching up to until around the 2017-2018 season, uh, haven't gone right largely for the Cardinal over the past couple of years in particular. The biggest thing has been health. They have just been decimated by injuries. You go back to 2019 when they barely had enough healthy offensive linemen to field a, field a unit sometimes. They, you, know, they, you know, Stanford loves to, you know, back when they're you know, at, at the peak of their intellectual brutality powers, you know, they'd run six, seven, sometimes eight different linemen at you, uh, sometimes right. even on the same play. They couldn't even come close to doing that in 2019 because they didn't have, they, they barely had six healthy offensive linemen throughout much of that season. Health and availability has been an issue again for Stanford this year, pretty much everywhere except the offensive line this year. The, the wide receiver room has been particularly racked. Uh, the secondary uh, inside linebackers are not healthy. Uh, the offensive line has stayed healthy, but they've been super ineffective. So, uh, health has been one thing, uh, you know, tough schedule at the start. You know, even though Stanford went three and two in the beginning, 
that front-loaded schedule may have exacted a heavy price, may have exacted a heavy toll. But as far as this year is concerned, it's been injuries. It's been an inability to run block with any degree of consistency. It's been a complete and total inability to tackle, especially over the last few weeks. And against Washington and Washington State, all Stanford needed to do was just get one first down to seal both of those wins. They couldn't do it. It's a lot of things that have conspired against Stanford, particularly in the 2019 and the 2021 seasons. Yeah, and I mean, this is this is year 11 now for David Shaw out there, and it's going to be his second losing season is in, in three years, and you just detailed a lot of you know stuff that, that covers that stretch. How secure is David Shaw out there right now? As secure as he wants to be. It's it's okay. it's really not even worth you know going beyond it, but be beyond that. Uh, you know, he's as secure as he wants to be. Well, and you know, Stanford was historically a tough place to win consistently prior to Jim sure. Harbaugh showing up, and then obviously Shaw taking over after Har- Harbaugh left for the NFL, and, and obviously ultimately for for Michigan. But he left for the Forty ers you know, when he left there, but. Shaw led him to five double-digit win seasons in six years, and I mean he was a hot commodity. If you gave him true serum, would he, you know, would would he say that he maybe regrets not moving on for greener pastures, or you know, is is he completely happy? Do you think out there still at Stanford right now? No, I, I think the fact that you know he's a Stanford alum, right? Class of '94, sure. played in the program, you know, knows. You know, had, had, you know, I mean, obviously the, the early 90s weren't completely take for Stanford, although he was on the field and was part of the program that, that went to Notre Dame and came away with big wins in South Bend in both 1990 and 1992. So, you know, he, he, he goes back a long ways with this program. And, and he knows, you know, it, it means something to him. And he knows that Stanford is, it, it's, not, it's not like just about any other place in the country where the football coach, uh, can pretty much run the campus, right? Which which is pretty much the case uh, in in a lot of other places around the country. That's not so. He can't, you know, call the admissions office and say, "Hey, slide this kid through, no matter what." Uh, it, it just doesn't work that way. So he he right. knew, he knows full well coming in how things work at Stanford because he's been a part of that process himself. So, you know, I I, I don't think that he he regrets it. I mean, certainly it's been super challenging. Uh, 2020 with the the health directives that Santa Clara County issued here that forced the Cardinal to play their final four games on the road. They went four and two, by the way, and won three and and won all four of those games on the road, by the way. I think somehow people uh, seem to forget that. But uh, I I, I don't think he regrets making that move, um, you know, to to, to any extent, uh, to any serious extent, really. You know, as you kind of referenced there, a second ago, they built the, that program there at Stanford on physicality. It was a different blueprint than most of the mm-hmm. conference was playing with. And, you know, you talk about, you know, the offensive linemen and, and you know, 13 personnel and all that, you know, that different stuff, you know, basically on mm-hmm. bullying teams out there in the Pac-12. If, if health isn't a factor, is, you know, is the, blue, is the blueprint still in place? Can, you know, can they kind of get around the corner again and 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 get it going close to what they were a few years ago well based on what this year's offensive line has shown i don't necessarily think so but that's not necessarily a bad thing because stanford has a young quarterback in tanner mckee finally took the starting reins in week two and at times you know especially earlier in the season you could have made the case that he was the best quarterback in the pac-12 uh hmm. super poise makes good decisions a bit long and lanky so he kind of has an elongated throw motion but it works he sure. gets the ball where it needs to be uh when when it needs to when it needs to get there so he's got a quarterback and he's got wide receivers uh, lots of them when they're all healthy which has not been the case at all at any point during the course of this season so you know i mean would would, would I, I i've often said this you know david shaw would prefer to win a street fight over a track meet, but he <laughs> right. also wouldn't mind having the ability to choose. And this year's team, the way it has performed, is, is, is more is more you know, built to win a track meet 
than it is to win a street fight. Now, at times we have seen phone booth football where they trot out the extra linemen and, and, and things like that, but that's not what Stanford has done best this year. And based on what the strengths of the offense are and where they could likely lie in the next couple of years with McKee, with much of that wide receiver room coming back again next year, I, I don't necessarily think that, that that's where the strength is going to lie next year. That being said, they haven't been able to run the ball with any consistency when they've needed to. We mentioned Washington and the Washington State when they had chances to, get, to just get one first down and they couldn't do it. Stanford's better at throwing the football, but they need to get better at running the ball as well if they, if they want to get back to the levels that, that, they, that they've been experiencing for much of the past decade plus. Talking Stanford football with Troy Clarity. And, I mean, they beat Oregon earlier this yeah. year how, how did they for all their issues how did they beat Oregon how did they win that game I, I was asking myself that very question walking out of the stadium <laughs> that afternoon and I'm still asking that question and here look again as we talked about earlier in this chat right so many things have to fall into place for you to just win a football game and right. the biggest domino that had to fall was Oregon being up by a touchdown inside three minutes to go and they threw the football on second down through an incomplete pass stopped the clock Stanford eventually got a stop and that eventually was a, that, that eventually gave them the ball back got pushed back to their own four yard line had to overcome you know a, a big a big pass play you know Kayvon Thibodeau gets called for targeting and booted from the drive that was the only time that his name was ever called throughout the course of that game by the way and then, and then going back in time the game and then winning it in overtime now, that was a different Oregon team that day in that their normal offensive coordinator, who just called a lights-out game against Ohio State a few weeks before, was in the Bay Area, but he was in the hospital that day undergoing emergency surgery. He wasn't feeling that great, so he wasn't with the team. And certainly, I, I think that affected some things that you saw from Oregon that day. But that being said, Stanford with a big goal line stop, keeping the Oregon Ducks out of it on fourth and goal in the, in the second quarter. That proved huge. And Stanford at that time had the receivers to get the job done. John Humphreys with big catches. Even though Bryson Tremaine got lost during the course of that game with just a gruesome and gruesome injury. The Stanford offense hasn't been the same since then, by the way. Elijah Higgins with big catches uh, down the stretch as well. So, you know, Stanford able to get things going in the passing game and able to get just enough defense to beat uh, an Oregon squad that looked very different that day than it really has, except for last week at Utah, at any other point in the season. Again, so many things have to fall into place for you to win a football game on this yeah. level, and that day those things fell in Stanford's favor. That was their last win. They've lost six straight yeah. since then. Yep. Is is yep. there anything, you know, where Stanford is right now going into this game this week that, you know, both sides of the ball, either side of the ball. Anything that they really can hang their hat on right now? Well, the fact that they have gotten a bit better in running the ball, which seems a little silly because they're still by far the worst team um, as far as uh, rushing yardage uh, per game um, in the Pac-12. But, but things have progressed a little bit um, in that area as the season um, has gone along. And look, uh, you know, that, that game after Oregon, the, the very next week they had to go on a short week on a Friday, get on a plane, and play Arizona State. You showed me the schedule back in the spring and asked me to pick one game that Stanford was least likely to win. It would have been that one. On a short week, after playing Oregon, which is a super physical team, and having to get on a plane and head down to Arizona State, I didn't like Stanford's chances going into that one. And sure enough, they lost, and they haven't found their way back in the win column since. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's, there's that. They've gotten a bit better in the run game since then. Obviously, with Tanner McKee back after missing the Utah and the Oregon games, that certainly gives Stanford any sort of dimension as far as the passing attack um, is concerned. But and, and I, I hate to use this, but it's true, number one, and B, any port in the storm, I guess. Stanford hasn't mailed it in. They haven't quit. Look, okay. I mean, it's it's easy to it's easy to roll over when you're down by thirty, or when you're walking into the locker room and you're down thirty-eight nothing at the half, as they were against Utah. Stanford hasn't quit at, at, at any point this season. They've still been able to compete, and you can tell. You know, you watch enough football, you can tell when a team has rolled over and when they've stopped competing. 
That has not been the case for Stanford, even when scores have gotten out of hand of late. And that's been, you know, it's it's been a it's been it's been a thing with them. Talking with Thomas Booker, their fantastic defensive end, you know, he says, "Hey, no checkouts, no checkouts," and that that's been perhaps the biggest thing. Uh, and I hate I hate to say this, but it's true. Uh, I'd love to say, "Hey, man, they, you know, they they they've been doing fantastic things. Their red zone is awesome." I, you know, I, I can't I can't necessarily say those things, but I can say they're not going to quit. They're not going to punk out, and they're going to keep fighting no matter what the scoreboard says. So there is that. Yeah, they just played their biggest rival, Cal, last week. Of course, they lost that game. Where does Notre Dame fit in Stanford's rivalry pecking order? I guess. <laughs> Boy, that's that's a, that's a good question, mate. And maybe it slipped a little bit in the last couple of years uh, because look, this is the first time Stanford and Notre Dame have played each other since 2019. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I and I think. I think that answer depends a little bit on which generation of Stanford fan you're talking to. The older Stanford fans who remember when Big Game was completely sold out every single year, no matter the venue, the ones who remember 1982, the ones who were there for 1990 when Stanford scored 12, uh, nine points in the final 12 seconds uh, to beat the Bears, they will tell you hands down that Cal is Stanford's biggest rival. The younger fans, I suspect, will say that USC is Stanford's biggest rival. And maybe okay. put Oregon in second place because Stanford and Oregon, more often than not, have been battling each other for the Pac-12 North, and those games have often had a big hand in deciding who wins the Pac-12 North one way or the other. Notre Dame's up there in that top three or four, and I think it looks that way no matter which way you want to go. And there is a trophy attached to this, right? The Legends, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the legends Trophy. So, so there is that. So, yeah, I, I think Notre Dame ranks up there um, in, in, among Stanford's rivals, certainly in the top four, no matter which generation you want to talk about. Who's number one? Depends on who you're asking. Troy Clarity from the TreeCast podcast, also play-by-play announcer for the Pac-12. Troy, I hope your smoked turkey comes out well. If it, it you know, if it's <laughs> anything as close to the, the, the kind of information that you gave, I'm sure it's going to be delicious. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. Appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane, and let's do this again soon. That is Troy Clarity. Glad to talk to him uh, going into Thanksgiving weekend a couple of days ago, and you hear him right there. And, uh, again, the host of the TreeCast and also play-by-play at the Pac-12 Network. We'll take a timeout. When Jim Arizari and I come back, we'll hit uh, a couple of props for Notre Dame's game tomorrow with kickoff tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. This is the Left Ground Lunch presented by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch presented by First State Bank with Jimmy Rosari, Sean Styers. Our game day coverage starts at 3 tomorrow with the game day show. Tim Ground, Vince D'Addario, 5 o'clock game day sports beat. 7 o'clock, Notre Dame Radio Network's tailgate show. 8 o'clock, Notre Dame and Stanford kickoff. Post-game show, Evan Sharpley and Vince D'Addario will have that because I'm uh, down here in uh, dreary old Florida yeah. <laughs> with Notre Dame women's <laughs> basketball. <laughs> Again, I'll just mention. I mean, if you'd no like TV. me to send you some pictures, I, I can send yeah, you some pictures of what I'm looking at. So I know, right? Uh, again, no TV for Notre Dame women's uh, game today against Georgia at 4.30 or tomorrow night's game against Oregon State at 7 o'clock. So 99.9 FM. That's where we'll have the call for those both of those games today and tomorrow. All right, Jim, you got some game props for us in these uh, final few minutes that we have here? Notre Dame a 18.5-point favorite going into Stanford. Uh, points scored by Notre Dame this week. This is just Notre Dame team total, okay? Just Notre Dame? Okay. Uh, 36 and a half, over, under. Mm, man. I guess I'll go over. I just I, I don't have a good feel for Stanford. Maybe it's because we haven't seen them for a couple of years. Um, I, I guess I'll go over on that one. They okay. scored 55 last week. All right. Style points do count, by the way. So let's, yes, they do. Let, let's yes, remember they do. that. So. Yep. Uh, who will lead the Irish in receiving yards? Mayor, Austin, or someone else? Mm, I'll go Michael Mayer for this game. Okay. I think he'll close out strong. Yep, I'll All go right. Michael Mayer. Uh, which Irish running back will score a touchdown? Kyron Williams, Logan Diggs, both or neither? 
I got to go, Karen. Karen Williams for sure. I'm, um, you know, I, I think I would think that they're going to get Chris. Try to get maybe Chris Tyree a little bit more involved in this game. He's you know with that turf toe that he had. You know he's been kind of absent for a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'll say I'll say Karen Williams for sure. Not sure about Logan Diggs. Okay. Uh, more pass yards than rushing yards, or more rushing yards than pass yards. Mm, I'll go. I'll go rushing yards. I like that more question. rushing than pass. I'll go rushing okay. yards. All right. Yeah, that's just for Notre Dame, by the way. So, um, right. And then let's see. Uh, total yards against Stanford. The over under there set three ninety nine and a half. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised it's so low considering Stanford does not have a very good, you know, Notre Dame was over 500 yards of total offense again last week. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say they're in the 400s okay. for sure. All right. And then uh, passing touchdowns for Jack Cohn. Over, under, set at two and a half. Uh, I'll go under because he still only had two last week. I, I think probably more rushing than passing tomorrow. So. All right. And then uh, I'll go under two and a half. Of course, uh, Ohio State, Michigan. That is tomorrow as well. Uh, Ohio yep. State, eight and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, over under there, set at sixty four and a half. Uh, man, I'm gonna go under. Going under. Okay. How about, yeah. How about you? Um, if I do some math in my head, you know, I mean, you know, if they, if they, if they, you don't have much time, we got about 15 right seconds. I right think right they, so. they whipped up on Michigan State pretty good. I, yeah, I could actually see that going over. Okay, it's, right. it'll you be like a 49-20 sort of deal, but it'll be, you know, I could see that going over. So, yep. all right. Well, Jim, have a good rest of your weekend. You For do Jim, the same. I'm Sean. Leprechaun lunch presented by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 